Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian. This podcast version of our interview is brought to you by L3 Technologies. Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian. We recently attended a panel discussion about the United States Marine Corps' air ground task forces and how the Corps is innovating that force for the future. The discussion was hosted by the Center for Strategic and International Studies, the U.S. Naval Institute, and Huntington Ingalls Industries, which recently sponsored our coverage of the Navy League's recent Sea Airspace Conference and Trade Show. The panel discussion featured Lieutenant General Brian Boudreau, the Marine Corps' Deputy Commandant for Plans, Policies, and Operations, Lieutenant General Robert Hedeland, Commander of the 2nd Marine Expeditionary Force, Lieutenant General Robert Whaler Walsh, the Commanding General of the Marine Corps' Combat Development Command, and Dr. Marin Lead, a senior analyst with Johns Hopkins University's Advanced Physics Laboratory. We spoke with General Boudreau after the event and asked about the whole-of-nation approach he says the United States must take to a great power competition, the role of amphibious assault ships in future combat, and the concept of dynamic forced employment. Really, in, in context, though, it was uh, a whole-of-nation approach on great power competition. So, in, and of course, the ideal would be to keep it at the level of competition and not see it devolve into armed conflict. And I think the best way we can assure that to happen is to have predictable funding from Congress at the appropriate level delivered on time. So these programs in our modernization efforts can continue uninterrupted and things about getting funding into our depots, be it a shipyard that's repairing ships or one of our aviation depots, those are critical to maintain our readiness and to enhance our readiness. So that's first and foremost is, is continue to have you know, proper uh, appropriations from the Congress on time that, that meets the needs of the force. Uh, we recognize that part of business reform will, will allow us to become more efficient with those dollars and, and stretch it further. Uh, but I think it is a national effort. It's everything across the defense industrial base. It's, it's about how we train students in the future. It's about uh, ensuring that we have a population that uh, is greater than the less than 30 percent to meet the physical standards to even enter the military. That's what I'm talking about, about a whole of nation beyond a whole of government approach if we are absolutely going to compete uh, and win in this great power competition and retain our competitive advantage. I think AMFIBs have been built all along to support major combat operations, not just not just low end, but given the sophistication with which our competitors are building defensive systems, I think we have to look at what uh, the future amphibs have in terms of both offensive and defensive capability, that there may not be the necessary number of cruisers, destroyers to escort that amphib. So what do we do differently in the future? You know, how do we make it a more potent offensive weapon, not just a troop transport ship that can launch you know, things from the well deck or from the flight deck, but in and of itself has the ability to fight. Uh, so I, I think it's everything from the command and control systems that are on it. Are they resilient, redundant, uh, networked uh, with the rest of the force to include land-based forces, air forces, army units? Um, so that's really what, what I would see is the defensive capabilities, a defensive system for the ship to protect itself, as well as an offensive capability to fight beyond. And whether it's vertical launch system, rail guns, hypervelocity projectiles that can shoot out of those guns. And I know those kinds of efforts are being undertaken by the Navy, but they're critically important to enhance, you know, the lethality of the ship over what it has today. I don't want to say too much about how it's going to work, other than that uh, the whole idea behind dynamic force employment is to remain operationally unpredictable, to take combat credible formations that are either forward deployed or reside back in CONUS, and to put them in the locations uh, 
for intended purposes, you know, driven by the Secretary of Defense or the, or the Joint Chiefs. So there will be some ships, of course, and MAGTAF capability that's scheduled as part of the global force management process. And then there will be the dynamic force employment aspects, which is um, basically to throw in some a, a different look to those who are watching uh, and not be as uh, predictable in terms of our deployment schedules and locations.